All right, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Rasball Football Podcast. T-Hole, my man, we missed you last week. I gotta say, as my phone makes background noises, um, I really want to change the name of the show, man. I really do. I, I want to change it just because I feel like as we get towards the end of the season, we'll talk about Westworld later, but I feel like the show is going to expand a little bit when the football season goes off. So I want to I name it something that fits us. So I'm not sure if you have something on the top of your head, but we can maybe we can put it out to the audience. I'm thinking maybe like the J-Hole show, but it might be too sexual, which can be good or bad. I don't know what your feelings on that. It combines T-Hole with, with J. Or we could go TJ, but then people would think we're kind of a knockoff uh, version maybe. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? J-Hole is quite sexy. I'm kind of, I've, I'm into that. I'm, I'm into that majorly. Um, I haven't really had a, this is the first I've heard of it. I haven't really been brainstorming. Total surprise. Sure. Total Thank surprise. You. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Oh my God. Okay. We're recording. I was going to surprise, I was going to tease you. I was going to say, we've got Jen on the show today <laughs> and you know, but she's not on yet. So we were just kind of killing time, but welcome to the show. I guess you introduced yourself. This is Jen. We've introduced T-Hole. Um, while, while T-Hole does think of a new name for the show, we're going to quiz him on it later. I would like to introduce Zach. You all know him as the nerdy uh, Donald Trump supporter of the group. Most infamously now known as the person who told you to start Todd Gurley this weekend. Um, because of right, right. Sorry about that. I don't know. Somebody tried to FaceTime me or something, and then it pauses it. I don't know what's going on. That's fine, T-Hole. You're always there uh, to show how professional our podcast is so i appreciate that uh <laughs> a little aside um zach are you even there did you even did the todd no. thing hit you too much is that why oh, you're not writing the start and sit this saturday you actually have the saturday off <laughs> this week is it, is it because of todd Gurley? um it isn't um i am actually taking the act um oh. saturday morning at 7 a.m so good luck Aww. with that what, wait why why aren't you taking the sat do you take both um now? You don't have to take both anymore. Um, I actually, for, for a lot of colleges nowadays, it's either SAT or ACT. You don't have to take both, but you can pick and choose. And so I'm taking the ACT. Um, the Todd Gurley, uh, you know, um, in hindsight, probably okay. shouldn't you, you fucked up, have so gone we with don't the cover. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. We don't need to. It's fine, man. You're, you're and then with the Trump you. allegations... Um, <laughs> Hopefully, I haven't gotten Speechless. any angry tweets saying, hey, oh, you, you support Trump. Yeah, uh, you're the worst. I'm not sure if Trump supporters know how to use Twitter. But anyhow, <laughs> I would. Why am I, wait, not to interrupt you, but why am I no, not surprised do. that Zach is a Trump supporter? I'm not, though. That's I'm, I'm not. Oh, like, he, I'm not. He's like, a racist. You know, so. He's racist. He's a misogynist. Like, why am I not surprised by that? <laughs> and I, I should I should correct myself. Uh, there are so many Donald Trump supporters on Twitter. It's actually mind-boggling. But I do want to introduce our first and last guest. I know that was kind of a weird uh, juxtaposition there. But I would like to introduce Matt Bow. You all know him as the Unbreakable MB. This is his first show. Uh, when I mentioned that we were going to talk about Westworld a little bit on the show, he, he, uh, he jumped on the case. He's like, I've watched the show. And I guess for me, that was enough credentials. <laughs> Um, I have to ask you, Matt, you go by Unbreakable. What material are you exactly made out of? Is it like some kind of plastic mesh? Is it, is it adamantium? <laughs> uh, like what, what are you going for there? Uh, well, if you want the story, uh, I was 
the old website that I worked at, we were doing a, a mock draft episode for one of the podcasts and uh, they were doing a Google Hangout and they asked me why I wasn't uh, on the Google Hangout. And You're watching I was actually, a Solomon movie, right? Unbreakable? No, I was watching oh, Unbreakable yeah. Kimmy Schmidt. And I was <laughs> like, no, I, I'm uh, binge watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So I got that nickname and it just kind of went along with me. All right. Um, Talking about Donald Trump. Holy shit. We, you know, let me preface this by saying I've told T-Hole this, I think, on a previous episode. I, I'm pretty involved in at least, you know, spectating politics. It's actually entertaining for me to do so. I live in a suburb of D.C., so the access is pretty easy. Um, I was interested in politics from a young age. I actually was a campaign manager for an independent candidate um, during 2000, the 2008 election. Uh, here in Virginia, it was it's fun, you know, to an extent. But I have to say, like we've we've reached sort of a general malaise, I guess, in the campaign season, where even myself, who you know remains engaged with politics, is just completely sick of the of the campaign. I mean, are you are you guys feeling the same way here? I mean, this it's getting pretty like I just wish that we could vote and get it over with, right? Oh yeah, so sick of it. Yeah, I wish I could vote. Yeah, I can't I can't this wait to vote is over like this election has been over. It's going to be a landslide. I'm from a family of Republicans. This is an embarrassment. I don't know who these people. I don't want to offend any Trump supporters, but this is pathetic. No, I mean, it's over. It's going to be the biggest landslide in presidential history. Trust me. And that's with a lot of people really not liking really anything about Hillary Clinton. And she's still going to destroy this dude. Well, let me just say, oh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I'm really hoping that it is a landslide for Hillary, just so uh, the Republicans can kind of say we made a mistake and dumb and kind of work on uh, promoting a good candidate for 2020 in just four more years. You're you're talking like, you know, you, you've voted for a Republican before. Is that the case? That, yeah, that is the case. Okay, yeah, that's totally fine. I, I would say, I only ask because, not, not to pick on you, of course, We're, this is definitely right. a safe space. I try not to bash on anyone, but I'm actually <laughs> curious to ask you, like, have you, you know, you being, uh, you know, let's say you're a Republican. I, I don't know exactly what your views are. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I, I imagine being a Republican is especially tough right now. Like, me, myself, I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty much a progressive. I think most of us are. T-Hole is actually... Um, a Gary Johnson fan, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's because T-Hole also doesn't know where Aleppo is. But uh, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, Matt, like, have you gotten into conversations with like family members or friends who are also Sherry Views who are actually Trump supporters? Yeah, my my dad's actually a Trump okay. supporter. Like, I, you... I, try, I try and uh, I just wow. tell him how utterly ridiculous that everything that ever comes out of his mouth is. But uh, basically, uh, socially, I'm progressive. But I mean, uh, fiscally, I'm, I'm more of the I lean more towards the conservative agenda. But I mean, everything that's that Trump has stood for and everything, it's just it's been horrible. I feel like that's kind of the libertarian line, right, T-Hole? Like the, oh, definitely. Like the socialist. But I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't like uh, – sorry to interrupt. I don't like no, Gary no. Johnson that much. I, I think some of the stuff he says are pretty ignorant himself. So there, there's just no one for me this this go around. Yeah, I mean he, he always – like when I look at his face, he always just gives that look of like I care more about the presidency than he does. And that's never a good sign. <laughs> I, I do want to say I think – what triggers me more nowadays isn't exactly 
the Trump campaign, which, you know, is, it's pretty easy to, I mean, I wouldn't say it's pretty easy to trigger me. It's just, I, I look at him just like, I roll my eyes every time I see him. But in terms of what really triggers me is when, uh, these, uh, these pundits or the news or whatever goes up to the, <laughs> to the undecided voter, if there is such a thing at this point in the election. And I say to myself, what kind of fucking idiot do you have to be to not have a decision as of yet? You know, and so they, like, for instance, I'll, I'll throw an example. They asked uh, undecided voter today, what would you like to see uh, right now? And he, he, he just said honesty. And I, I really, my brain started hurting because in his left hand was his cell phone. You know, I, I say this to people, like, if, if let, let's say down in the future we're all dead and an alien race discovers Earth and they, they start, you know, researching our species, like who was here beforehand. I always think to myself, they're going to find us you know they're going to figure out that we had all the knowledge of the world everything that we could at our fingertips and we looked at cat gifts all day you know what i mean so it's just it boggles the mind that these undecided voters are this engaged in politics saying well they need to tell the truth i think they're both uh you know a bad blah you know all the generic lines you hear from undecided voters and they don't try to be informed i think that's what upsets me the most like how hard is it to google stuff right yeah, man, however we can get rid of the inheritance tax, that's all I'm really worried about, so we can go on from there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Obviously, T-Hole is a policy wonk. All right, so I, I did – I can segue this into football, guys. I really can. Uh, this is how I'm going to do it. So we were just talking about the uninformed voter, and this makes me kind of go to Colin Kaepernick's situation, which is both football news and political news. Now, obviously, he started this weekend, and – I don't know. I'm sure people could read it if they did. If they didn't, they can find it on the site. My recap of the Sunday game. I was I was a little triggered, you know, just to use – that seems to be a recurring theme. But I was watching the halftime show of the Niners game. Uh, I think it was a CBS crew. And, boy, were they incredulous about Kaepernick. They're still toting this white-splaining line of, you know, this guy needs to pay attention to his job. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. I just want to say – Everything that Colin Kaepernick does and and whatever movement that he's driven in the NFL is fantastic. I respect it. I support it. I think there should be more of it. I think it should spread to all sports. I think it should spread to everyone. I think everyone should remember that the country is founded on the First Amendment, freedom of speech. But it upsets me that he's just a complete idiot when it comes to the issues. You know, when they ask him, what's the protest about? Where he's like, one of the examples is you have two candidates that are crooked you have two people who are liars, two people who are racist, and it's just it doesn't make sense. Evil. Like, there's he right. said they're both evil. Right. Like, 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 come on. Dude. Like he isn't even taking the extra step to be informed about his position. Like he doesn't realize the difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And I'm I'm trying to speak as non biasedly as possible. Like if you look at their positions, they are very different. Any Republican will tell you that. Any Trump supporter will tell you that. Any Democrat will tell you that. Any Clinton supporter will tell you that. To just take this issue at face value, I feel like cheapens it. So that's, that's I think, where I have an issue with Kaepernick. That, and he also sucks at football. But, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think his timing um, was kind of off. Because to me, I think the message gets lost in the fact that he's now a backup quarterback. Not that that should make any difference. But it just I think I tweeted about it a few times. Like, it just seems like a vain attempt for him to stay relevant. And, you know, I don't think that that's the case, but, you know, I, I just think his message gets lost in the timing. 
All right, and you you know I just want to say he he wasn't just a backup; he was a backup to Blaine Gabbert. That's in itself pretty <laughs> exactly. <a> distinction. <laughs> exactly. This guy's so, gone from like superstar, supposed to be the next greatest thing. I loved him. I thought he was better than Russell Wilson at one point. Had more upside, etc. Now it's just like it's like he has more to say about that than after you know anything to do with the game. I mean, he's still making twelve million dollars a year. He's still. You know, the quarterback of this team is like, there's nothing related about football. He's not good anymore. Uh, he had a few decent plays in this last game, but he just uh, he's just not good anymore. And this is his whole life is this thing. And like you said, he's not even that informed about it. I mean, Peter King, who's about as liberal as they come in the media. Who's also a dumb shit, the by the way. I think Peter King's, it's, he's a complete dumb shit. I hate him as a writer. I have to, I mean, not personally. I don't hate anybody personally, but his writing, it makes my eyes bleed sometimes, I have to say. Yeah, right. It's not really my style either. <laughs> right. uh, he he, he kind of said the same same thing. I mean, he, he's pretty progressive, and he's just like you know, he's just has speaking nothing about the foot about football. I mean, he's the quarterback of this team. He's a high paid dude, like, but he's just garbage. Like, if this if this was at the height of like his career when he's balling or whatever, it might have been like just a, a little cooler like i mean it's still cool i have no problem with it i support it it doesn't matter to me i mean i'm just like this guy is just like not not good and but he shouldn't be like relevant football player at this point i mean right. I, just, I, I, I don't know i'm just kind of over it and that's fine this, this like actually... it's leading stories on espn if you look through the thing there'll be like four three of the top eight stories are like so and so neil that are so and so put their fists i'm like why is this top stories on sports like i don't give a fuck yeah, yeah, and that's my point. Like, if 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 he wasn't doing this right now, would we even be having this conversation about Colin Kaepernick? Like, oh, would no. we be, would, would, right, be right. would we even be talking? Like, would he be the top story on ESPN? Would we even be talking and mentioning his name right now if he wasn't doing this? He he'd be a meme on Twitter for how bad of uh, quarterback he played last exactly. week. Exactly, I mean, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> or or we would probably be impressed with his Afro growth, which uh, <laughs> which is pretty which is pretty good. Um, so this is our full transition into football. I thought it was done very smoothly. Uh, T hole helped out a little bit. I did want to like put the period on it and move into full football. Uh, by doing this, T hole, you know, you mentioned that you've watched Kaepernick more than any of us, just because you know you're a Seahawks fan. You know, obviously, teams in your division, you'll see a lot more of. I was wondering, like, what happened to him? What do you think is the theory of how he degraded as a player? Was it just teams figured him out? Was it um, the fact that maybe the his game planning, like the zone, the zone option, just was ineffective? Was it he degraded physically? I mean, what's your take on this? No, I think is I think a lot of it is mental. I don't think he's got the. Uh, I mean, he's always. Been... You know, he, even at Nevada, I think he was looked at as a pretty mentally pre- prepared quarterback, a fairly smart guy, et cetera. But I just don't think he put in the work, to tell you to tell you the truth. I mean, at one point, I mean, this guy has absolute hose. He's fast, as fast as any quarterback maybe ever, other than like a Vic. I mean, this guy is insane athlete, can make any throw. He's just, you know, he was never insanely overly accurate. But like now he's just, I mean, now he's just pathetic. Like, the, like last year, I've never seen such a fall off the only other kind of unexplained fall off i've ever seen was like i was a huge dante culpepper fan and he just fell off like fell off a cliff like one year and he did have some injuries at least something to explain it kaepernick was terrible last year before these injuries and sort of the year before too i mean he's just there's really no explaining it i mean because he's still a freak athlete he can still has a hose like 
and he was just a winner. He was, and that, he's just like he just doesn't have any kind of heart to me right now. I just don't, I see nothing out of this guy. I don't think he probably shouldn't even be in the league at this point. It doesn't seem like his mindset is really to play football. Maybe I'm totally wrong, and maybe he redeems himself. But I'm not seeing anything. I am I am shocked that he's fallen this far. It's uh, I, he. I although I did predict that he has a nice week this week against Tampa Bay. If he doesn't, then like this guy needs to. Uh, step away and focus on his uh, political views. All right, I do. I do have two Patriot uh, fans, I guess uh, fanatics, probably a better term <laughs> on this pod. Much to my chagrin, I do want to ask you guys something. I, I get since the theme of the show is triggered. I'm, I'm just going to get rid of. I think this is going to be my last trigger of the day. But I, I've always disliked uh, Vontae's perfect. Uh, he's a jackass to me. I just I hate that the league has a player like this. I hate that he skirts. Uh... Okay, so if if nobody knows what I'm talking about, I don't know if you guys watched the video on this. Did you guys watch him stomp on Legarrette Blunt's leg? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reason why nobody knew about this on game day is just because they they somebody noticed it on the coach's view. You know when they how if you have a NFL uh, past, I mean if you have you know NFL membership or viewing, you know they're their tv online or whatever you can have like 32 different views of a game first of all i don't know who who needs that many views except coaches themselves but um he the video showed him basically just you know stomp his leg his cleats on blunt's leg there's no suspension i mean what's what's going on here like we we got things like josh gordon we got uh i mean (laughs) Um, what's the dude? T hole, you always knock on the uh Hardy, right? Is that his name? Who who physically assaulted a woman by throwing her on a bed of AK forty sevens or something like that? It could just be Goodell's disdain for the Patriots. I mean uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean I'm, 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 not I'm, not not in total seriousness or anything. Yeah, no, I just yes I think he has disdain for the NFL viewer. Uh, at least I think the owners do. I mean, this you, talking, whole... you talking Greg Hardy? I don't know what's up with Skype. Every time I get an incoming phone call, when I do it on the phone, it pauses the Skype yeah. thing. I just like I don't understand. You, you just bragging how much of a player you are, man? Oh man, I'm at work. I got work calls, <laughs> but over here it's still during the work hours. You guys are like you're all on the East Coast. You can have fun, enjoy, relax, enjoy your evening, sit around, have a glass of wine, whatever man, you're doing. I'm watching the I'm sitting out here in my car it. in the parking lot of my office doing the call. Yeah, it was it was Hardy though, but I don't know this. Um, what's your guys' feeling on Perfect? What should at what point do we just say like okay, like you should be out of the league? I honestly, I'm tired of this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think was it earlier today? I think it was Devonte Adams called Perfect a, a danger to the game or something like that. Um, he's just you know. He, you get these guys periodically that are basically just thugs. And I don't know if it's roid rage or what the hell's going on. But, I mean, you know, I got to kind of – and you're going to say that this is just me being a Patriots fan and I'll take it. But, you know, in that game too, Edelman got fined for a face mask. But um, I think it was Kirkpatrick. uh, Like they had hold of each other's face masks. And Kirkpatrick got flagged, but Edelman got fined. So, you know, I mean, when you start to see things like that, it's like, you know, like, you can't help but think of some kind of conspiracy theory. Um, But, you know, getting back to Burfecht, like, you know, he's, 
I'm trying to think, uh, you know, like he's like the Chris Chelios of football, basically. I mean, he's outdoing Albert Hainsworth. I didn't even think that was possible. I mean, <laughs> exactly. At least, at least it was LeGarrette Blunt, though, like one of the all-time <laughs> D-bags in the NFL. Yeah, know. he's kind of a dick, too. Um, oh, he also you know, had I'm a sorry. low hit on Martellus Bennett, too, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was D'Angelo Williams. It wasn't uh, Devontae Adams. Okay, okay. Um, actually, I'm reading here that three hours ago, he Perfect yeah. was injured and carted off during practice. Maybe there's karma. Wow, I just came across oh. that. Well, I am a Buddhist, so maybe I was sending something out into the universe. Yeah, as far as Burfick goes, though, maybe they're, you know, I mean, Ndamukong Sue, he was kind of the same way, and he's kind of kept a low profile. Uh, he stepped on someone week one, didn't he? But that was about it. I'm sure he does I something mean, every every week, honestly. He stepped on a Seahawk, and for that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they're just, out in the maybe line. they see the talent, and they're just waiting for him to uh, maybe grow up a little bit and try and keep him in the league as long as possible, kind of like uh, with Ndamukong Sue. I mean, it's he, he's kind of flown under the radar for a little bit, so. I'd like to say something about Burfitt. I was always a huge fan. He's the defensive player of the year of the Pac-12, maybe of the year, I forget, at Arizona State. He had kind of a weird senior year. Didn't even get drafted. I'm sitting there screaming at my friend, how is nobody drafting this guy? How is nobody drafting this guy? I don't care the numbers said. I know he didn't test well at the Combine, but then established himself, had a nice career. It seemed like Zimmer was a great influence on him, as he has been for a lot of these kind of formal troublemakers like Pac-Man Jones and some of these guys they bring in there. And everything has seemed to kind of, uh, it's just kind of falling apart right now. Maybe we can bring him over to Minnesota. Zimmer can get him back under Reigns again. So I do give him kudos for becoming undrafted and becoming kind of a star player. But yes, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers stuff last year uh, was absolutely insane. And then to continue on is disgusting. So I'm not going to give him too much love, but I did respect how he went from undrafted to having a nice career, but whatever. All right. Um, And that is is (laughs) Seahole. Yeah. Um, I did want to switch into something sort of related to the Patriots. And since I haven't heard from Zach in decades, I'd like to hear from you. Yeah, Zach here, or is he (laughs) washing his mom's feet again, or what is he doing? He's doing homework. Okay. It's a school night. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I'm here. All right. I did I've just been listening. Um I did want to talk about Dak Prescott and Tony Romo, just because Dak Prescott will be starting uh against the Eagles post by. This is I guess newsworthy just because it looks like Tony Romo could have if they wanted to force the issue. Uh Teal and I uh share the same view here. I think we discussed it at the beginning of the year on the podcast where, you know, the guy should just retire and live out a happy life. Um, not to say him coming back would be the worst, uh, for the Cowboys. He could, you know, Dak Prescott hasn't done anything bad. He's done pretty well, actually. I, I do like him. Uh, Tio and I, I think also, um, said he was our sneaky, uh, rookie of the year. Uh, so that could still happen. The reason that I want to ask you, Zach, as a Patriots fan, do you, do you see kind of shades? I mean, you might be too young for this, but do you see shades of the Drew Blesdo transition into Tom Brady here at all? No, I, uh... No, I get that analogy. So you're actually uh, alive when that happened? I was – I was – did that happen in 01 or 2000? I want to say that happened in 2000. I think it's just silly um, that we have to do math to figure out if you're old enough for this. No, no. I was probably a couple months old at the time. Oh, um, okay. So you knew so what was I'm, up. 
Yeah, I did. You know, I was very aware at that point. Um, he has played very well. Um, and he's done it without Des Bryant, which is, I think, more impressive. And it, again, it's just kudos to their f- fantastic offensive line. Um, just because I think if you put Prescott in a situation in any other, I mean, in Philadelphia or um, Minnesota after their quarterback um, happenings the off in the offseason, I don't think he does as well. But I, I just find it hard to say that I find it hard for them to stop Prescott's momentum at this point just because he has played very, very well and coming off a win at Lambeau, that is just, it's unbelievable. And he's hes just absolutely talented. And I don't think you can stop that momentum. However, though, Tony Romo is good. He's a good quarterback. And thank God I'm not in the position to say who's going to start and who's going to sit because I, I, I don't really know at this point. But when, uh, when Romo was out, I want to say maybe two or three years ago, he finished like eighth in all fantasy players and in, in all positions. He finished eighth in fantasy points and he's very efficient and he always has been. And he's been very underrated, especially when you consider the fact that he's been very consistent and you don't really get that in the NFL. Um, but he's been scrutinized a lot. And that is because of his injury history and I don't think you can start. You can stop Prescott's momentum, especially when I think um, a report came out that Dez should be back after the bye week. I think you let it play out and see how he does, and just keep on rolling it with him. But I won't be shocked at all um, if they do look towards Romo because Romo is a really good player. He's just very fragile. All right, sticking with the same team, um, and just to go over your two points, though, I would say that any quarterback put into a situation where he has a solid offensive line and uh, Ezekiel Elliott running for them has a chance to be pretty above league average. Very true. Um, Very true. But yeah, moving into Ezekiel Elliott, I just want to throw this out there to you guys and you guys can comment whatever first comes to your mind. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has more rushing yards after contact than the Jaguars halfbacks have total rushing yards this year. I hate fantasy football. <laughs> She is a fickle bitch. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think about that every time I check on my teams. Uh, this year, I feel like more than others. You guys feel like this year is especially just kind of hard to deal with? Yeah. I, I can't get a win to save my life. I think I just smashed Jen last week in the Rasball Writers League. Even after my team has been totally destroyed by injuries with Sammy Watkins, Josh Gordon being suspended for the season, multitude of other injuries, I still had to give Jen a little... Uh, tapping um actually you didn't t-hole because i play you this week oh that was well whatever whoever that was you beat someone <laughs> jen jen will be taking a defeat this week you, also you, as you i tap, go in a little you tapped the wrong streak. hole you tapped okay, the wrong hole last yeah that was a little that was a little freudian there um <laughs> and hole. i i do want to say that um i actually it actually yeah it's every single year is a little frustrating um, the really frustrating part about the Jaguars offense as a whole is that I don't think there is an excuse for how poor Blake Bortles is playing. He's in the same exact situation that it was last year. They're finding themselves down in the second half of the game. And just like last year, we saw how well he did when they 
forced him th- to throw the ball a lot, and he's still in the same situation, even though their defense should, on paper, be a whole lot better than last year. And in terms of the running game, um, it's very it's very frustrating, too, because it's there for the taking. TJ Yeldon had his opportunity when Ivory was in the hospital in the first couple of weeks, and he did nothing. Well, I and feel like he now, had his opportunity last year, too. He had, like, yeah, the entire last season exactly. to show something. Exactly, and Ivory has had some opportunities, too, with Yeldon not playing um, as well as he should, and Ivory hasn't done anything except for some goal line carries. And it's there for the taking. One of them has to show up. Again, they've been in really bad game script um, situations where they're down 13 nothing to the Chicago Bears in the last three minutes, and you can't run the ball with them. And it's just... I, I wish one of them would step step up to the plate and, you know, deliver. But we haven't seen that so far, and it just goes to show you Ezekiel Elliott is doing when he's getting hit than they are in open space. Yeah, I I would say, just to stick with the disappointment theme, I actually, I just want to put this out here, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong or not. I know T-Hole, what he's, based on his post today, uh, for those listeners out there, it'll probably be yesterday, so be sure to check out his post. But I want to throw it out there, uh, this statement. I'm not going to tell you whether or not I believe it or not, but I just want to put it out there. Aaron Rodgers is no longer a top five quarterback. Go. Uh, that's tough. Um, he is missing a lot of throws that he used to hit uh, on a consistent basis. Most accuracy, that- I think, in his career right now, right? I'm sorry. I think it's the, his lowest accuracy in his career right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he started off slow last year. Uh, I think he does get it together. I think he finishes a top five fantasy quarterback. I think it starts this week against the Bears at home. I think he's able to put up uh, 250 yards and a few touchdowns and get his owners some points. But it, it's de- it's starting just like it did last year where um, – his owners are looking at looking at their quarterback position, wondering what to do. I'll, I'll try to summarize what's going on with Rodgers as best I can in as little time as I can do it. I think there's three main so, like, issues. You need 20 minutes is what I'm hearing? Like I should, no, no, no. I should I'll, I'll make this quick. Okay. I'll make this quick. I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> um, there's three main issues. One of them is um, I hate to use the word they're, you know, they're now – you know, figuring out how to stop him just because he's in a point in his career where, he, you know, he's developed in yeah, the NFL. Yeah, to the party if that's the case, I feel like. Yeah, but they're figuring out a way that you don't put pressure on Rodgers and you instead, you know, hold back and go into zone coverage and force him to throw the ball in the pocket because we've seen how good Rodgers is, you know, when he's running and when he's extending the play with his legs and they're taking that away and I think that's just increased pressure on him in a sense. Um, the second thing is the play calling. Um, I really, I do not think Mike McCarthy is a good head coach and I think they've had a lot of issues and with, um, their offensive play calling and especially when they don't give Rogers the opportunity to establish, uh, an efficient ground game with Eddie Lacey, like Lacey's at like five or six yards per carry. And I understand that he's hurt now, but he was at like five or six yards per carry and they would not give him the ball. And that was just frustrating. And, when a defense knows that they're going to throw the ball, you know, as much as they are doing, 
I think that just creates a whole other set of situations um, and problems. And then the last thing is, I think it's ego. I think I think Rodgers is able to make the team around him better, but he's not because he's. A, I just think that he's selfish. And you saw that last week wow, at the goal a, line. That's a hot take. Wow. You saw that at the goal line last week where they could have used Lacey at the one, but no, Rodgers has to sneak in. He has to get it himself and do the State Farm discount double-check move, and, you know, he fumbles. And it's just gotten to a point where there's no fair, excuse. They should have multiple s- Lombardis right, at this point. He's had success. I, I w- you know, on the case of the Lombardis, I, I would say, you know, that's more McCarthy than anything. Um, his his uh, second-half meltdowns as a coach uh, are quite notable in the playoffs. But, yeah. um. I don't know much about Aaron Rodgers personally. I, I really don't know about any per- personally. I don't know. I mean, he could be a douche. I don't know. Um, he just seems like he is. But to play to Matt's point, uh, this is what we started the whole started the whole the relaxed meme uh, last season because they started slow, and I'm glad he brought that up. Um, Jen, did you have a, a hot take on? Yeah, I'm. Rogers. I'm going. I'm going to go with the psycho. You know, being the resident psychologist here, I'm. He's a I'm dick. going. I'm going the psychological route. Well, I don't know, because maybe he is, maybe he's not. But uh, what's-her-face has to deal with that, not me. So I'm not worried about it. Um, Right, Olivia Munn. Olivia, Mm. yeah, that's it, that's it. (laughs) To to Um, T-Hole, it's Olivia. Mm. mm. (laughs) I just thought of that one. That was pretty good. I'm proud of that one. Go ahead. It's been a long day. (laughs) Um, So basically, you know what, for me, looking at Rodgers, this isn't something new. I mean, we've seen his decline um, going, I I could probably safely say back to the middle of last season um, when, you know, Green Bay basically got, you know, uh, finger blasted by Denver. um, And, you know, I mean, Rodgers to me, you know, you have a guy who's used to winning and seeing – all this, you know, press and all this hoopla about, you know, best quarterback and, you know, best, 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 best. And next thing you know, it's like he hits a slump and, you know, someone like Rogers and, you know, maybe he is a dick or maybe he's not. Maybe he's got an ego. Maybe he doesn't. But, you know, when you have someone telling you that you're the best at what you do and you can back it up and then all of a sudden you can't, that's a deep hole to have to crawl out of. Um, you know, I mean, I'm having Clay Buckholtz flashbacks now because it's kind of the same oh, thing. Yeah, <laughs> don't even uh, get me started. <laughs> but, you know, it's basically the same thing. It's like, you know, I'm I'm so good and people are telling me that I'm good. And, you know, um, my job is based on my performance. And now I'm getting older and I'm not performing. And, you know, um, I, I just think that he's his ego or whatever it may be can't take the fact that he's in a slump and he's stuck in his own head. So maybe watch some Tom Brady tape over the past few years and see how exactly. he's I mean, <laughs> I mean, you see Tom Brady using uh, James White and uh, his tight ends. Uh, I mean, obviously Gronk is a monster, but he's, he's finding outlets to be able to put up numbers nowadays and get right. his team wins. So, right. I mean, Rodgers has to figure it out. And I, you know, I read something today that was like, you know, it's like, oh, since deflate gate, you know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been able to perform the way he was because he can't overinflate <laughs> his balls. I'm like, well, whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> I got, that's pretty I got, woke. Yeah, like, you know, that's whatever. But, what you know, fun. I mean, people are going to find a way to tie that into anything, you know, so, um, but 
I don't know. I just I just think he's stuck in his own head and uh, ego can't take the fact that he's not uh, the best and he's getting a lot of bad attention right now. All right, I saved I saved the last take for you, Teal, because you wrote about it today. The reason I know that is because, you know, I read it like everyone <laughs> should. Everyone should mm-hmm. read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what has convinced you that because I'm nervous, I'll admit. I didn't say at the beginning what I thought. I don't think he's outside the top five. I think this is probably a rough phase. It has been going on since last season. Uh, I think since week uh, six or seven, maybe. I, I don't have the exact stats. But I'm just, I'm worried. So maybe, maybe Teal, you could convince me not to be so worried on Rogers. Yeah, I'm a tad worried. I mean, but again, he was like the headliner in my post today, which I think we're at a few million clicks based off the strength of me finishing second Man, overall. Man, don't sell yourself short, dog. It was two million. Yeah, two million for after coming off the uh, heels of me going second overall in fantasy process last week. So it's been a big week. Let's let's uh, huge. Let's week. backtrack that. I don't but actually. Yeah. I'll be honest. Neither Rudy this year nor myself in the past three years has ever gotten second. I believe the highest I've ever gotten was fifth overall. So definitely, congratulations to you, T Hole. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're coming back strong this week. But anyway. More importantly, I don't know. I don't understand, like, the hate on Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, Jen's just talking about him like he – everyone's talking like he's just a douchebag or something. I mean, I thought this guy was, like, a cool, that. really nice that guy. Olivia Buns has got at the home doing it for him. I mean, I don't understand. I don't really get what's going on with him, though, because it doesn't make sense because the weapons are there. They uh, – Jordy Nelson coming off the ACL, obviously, so he's not – doesn't seem anywhere near as explosive, but that might come back a little bit, but still – being the best quarterback in the league, you should be able to make do with whatever you got there. And they definitely still have above average weapons. You know, I, d- I don't really understand it, but I mean, as we saw in the playoffs last year, he still made the plays to win. I mean, I thought they were uh, overmatched against Arizona, but he still almost single-handedly won them the game at the end of last year. I was on a show yesterday where somebody said comparatively over the last like 12, 14 games, like Brian Hoyer is comparable with Roger stats or something like that or maybe even a tad better, which is pretty disturbing. So it is scary. It's weird, but he's not that old, and I'm betting on him to turn it around here, and I think they're going to get it going starting this week. I'm thinking without the run, without Lacey, without Starks, I'm thinking he has at least four. I'm thinking he has a monster game. I'm thinking like four TD passes. We're going to get Chicago here. Got to get the thing shipped. When people more people questioning him, he's going to zone it in, and he's going to get it going, as Bo said, starting this week learn about it i would actually agree with that just because uh vintage rogers did show up this season it was against the lions and as we all know the lions defense is eh, it's a little porous i did want to really quick before we move off this topic and i'm going to start with you zach and i want you to pretend this is twitter 150 characters or less pretend you're talking to me in tweet (laughs) um whose fault is it in this relationship not not the relationship of you and me but in the Cobb rogers relationship Whose fault? Can I deflect this question to you can. It's just one of the other panel, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the other guys. Just just because I I'm not really if you don't sure know because that's I have because I don't think anyone knows. But I'm trying to you know find out if if we can get a handle on the situation. I, I'd like to deflect just because I haven't seen enough to make an educated decision. All right. On well, it. Anyone want to take this? It's a tough one. Nobody, huh? Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, breathing right, is um, important. Yeah. I think it could. I don't watch enough Packers, but it would make sense to me if it'd be more on Cobb because he uh, 
he's able to line up everywhere. He's able to line up on the slot. He's able to line up on the outside. And he just, I mean, last season he was the best option and he wasn't able to figure it out. This year he has Jordy back and he's not able to figure it out. So I think it's, I'm going to lean towards him. And that's just from a guy who doesn't, who just looks at the Green Bay Packers numbers because I really don't enjoy watching them. But uh, that's just my guess, my uneducated guess. Anything from you, Jen? Yeah, I'm not touching this one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's it's a hard one because I'm trying to figure out. I, I own Rodgers in a few leagues. I own Cobb in a few other leagues. And I just – I. It's frustrating because, you know, I think Cobb was a good sleeper this season just because, you know, you, you, you know, like, uh, like Matt said, with the fact of Jordan Nelson coming back, he goes to his natural position of wide receiver two, you know, it's not like he's crazy old. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a different situation. So I, I would, it it does just seem like they give him every opportunity to make a play with the ball and he's just not able to do it. Yeah. He actually did do well against New York. Uh, Sunday night last week, and um, I I don't I I I want to say that um it's Rogers' fault just because I think I don't think it's all on Randall Cobb, and I think that is just this offense in general. And I, if you're looking at the offense in general, that is then you have to you have to start with Rogers, and he's doing a pretty good job of spreading the ball around. But I don't think it's working its way to Cobb. And I don't think you're dropping him yet. Um, I'd say maybe just because he did, we saw what he can do, and he did really well against New York. Um, but I <coughs> – sorry, excuse me. But I just think that you waited out a couple weeks just to gauge his presence in the offense. Yeah, I, I would note that we lost T-Hole. I'm not sure for how long. I'm not sure how to deal with it right now. I'm still mentally processing the fact that we did lose T-Hall. I'm actually surprised that he's not driving. I would have assumed that he would have been driving. But uh, the reason I ask is because we, we like have one little topic before we get to the fun discussion of Westworld. I am actually texting T-Hall now just to let everyone know what's going on in my life. I feel like they're getting a behind-the-scenes look. And I'm also burning time. So this is this is what you get with the Razzball podcast. All right, so... True or false? We'll do one true or false before uh, we take a break and then move into a discussion of Westworld. True or false? Terrell, uh, Terrell Pryor can be a wide receiver too in fantasy football by season's end. Uh, absolutely, he can be a wide receiver too. My only worry is a hamstring injury. Those tend to linger a little bit. But I watched a lot of the Browns game last week, and he's making some ridiculous catches. I mean, there was one play where um, Kessler had to scramble out, and uh, Terrell Pryor was in the middle of the field, and uh, Cody Kessler kind of just threw it up, and uh, Pryor ran ran up and caught it over both those guys. I mean, he's a physical specimen. Uh, he, he's really good at catching the ball. I mean, he's going to learn more and more as the season goes on. So I believe he can be a wide receiver, too. It's just, like I said at the beginning, it's all based on how well he can recover from the hamstring injury. Do we lose Zach, too? No, no. I'm oh. uh, no. <laughs> He's um, just typing at me. I don't know why no. we're typing. You can just talk to me. I'm right here, Zach. You can, no, because I just... Talk to me. <laughs> little love notes. Um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think he's already a wide receiver, too. And... Um, I just think that we kind of 
forgot how good the Patriots' defense is in shutting down opposing wide receiver ones. He was doing really well before. Well, let's just say um, opposing weapons. I'll, I'll be ago. honest. I think. Yeah, that's true. That is the game plan. Yeah, they they always focus it's, on yeah. on the big the number ones. one offensive right. weapon. Exactly. Uh, though um, I do need to take a shower now. I uh, now that I've complimented the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> um, um. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh that was you, cute. Yeah, did we, that was yeah. really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just um together the rest of the show. All right. Um let me let me just do one quick short one. Um Let's talk about Nas Davis. I wanted to go back to Green Bay really quick cuz this is one of the bigger happenings. Um we also have Ty Montgomery in the situation. I totally forgot to talk about this. Uh just really quickly. Nas Davis I'm trying to think of someone to compare him to. Like, who's a good comparison? Like, would you would you guys want Davis or McKinnon? I think that's probably good. Rest of season? Yeah. McKinnon. I think that's kind of a, McKinnon. All right. All right. Easily. All right. You guys agree, I, disagree? Uh, McKinnon, just because you kind of know what you're going to get from him week to week. I don't, you know, Davis, he, you never know what's, what's going to happen. You know, you never know what he's going to give you. I'd rather drink a bottle of bleach, but if I did have to pick one, I, I'd take McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have to wash my mouth out now, too, but, yeah. you know, I, at least he's predictable. Yeah, I just agree. Predictable I'll... for 50 yards. <laughs> yeah, there'll be no drinking of the bleach, at least until T-Hole returns, if he does. And then, what are you going to say, Zach? We'll, we'll go to I, your point, then. I, di- I disagree. I really, really, really like McKinnon. Um, and Wait, that's I, I, everyone said they like McKinnon. Yeah, I'm just saying. I their reaction was, I'd rather drink a bottle of bleach. For me, oh, it's McKinnon okay. well, without yeah, no a doubt. Wants, no one wants to die. I mean, you know. that's true. It was I, figured, figured. I think they're right. They were being figurative. They weren't being literal, Zach. So it's all right. Yeah, you're young. No. You're young. Man. Don't worry. I, I know. I know that it's. You'll insane. find love one day. Don't worry about it. I'm just saying. Right. I don't think they're <laughs> as enthusiastic as I am about them. All right. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll finish the show with some Westworld talk. And welcome back to the show. I did want to give a chance for Zach to say goodbye to everyone. He actually is too young to watch Westworld. I believe it's rated TV mature. And uh, he just he hasn't watched it because uh, of his parents, which are good parents, I guess. I don't know. Zach, are you going to are you gonna start watching the show now, now that I told you about it? Um, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I usually spend my Friday night uh, working on the article. So uh, Look at I don't that. know. Who's fault's that, that you, Jay? You could have you could have answered with one word, yet you chose you chose twenty five. Um, Maybe don't check the math on that. I'm not sure. I estimated. Okay, so Zach, people can follow you on Twitter. Where they can follow me on Twitter at o you have one two, which is o h u have the numbers one and two. Oh, I thought it was o you have twelve. Yeah, well, you might have I, I have we to don't change know. It. This has been a recurring theme. I need to change it to like <laughs> Razzballs Act. I don't think you need to change like it. I think what we need to do is just record a bumper with you. That way we don't have to go through all this hard work. That's true. It's, it's literally true. like a 12-page Lego direction thing for you. <laughs> okay, so thanks for joining us, Zach. You are Thank you, guys. Yeah, free to go. Um, laters, man. <laughs> all, right. all right, that was... We could have done that off the air, but again, we want to give people the insider look of how we run a podcast because zero production value. Um, okay, so unfortunately T-Hole isn't here quite yet, but I, I do want to get into it because I'm excited to talk about it. I got into Westworld recently. I just, I've just i been busy with the football season. I didn't even know this was a thing. 
Uh, I mean, technically, I'll be honest, I kind of stay away from HBO besides Game of Thrones. And when Game of Thrones isn't on, I just, nothing there interests me too much. So, but this seems to combine the best of both worlds, at least when it comes to my own likes uh, of genre, you know, when I'm watching entertainment, which is uh, westerns. You know, I grew up as a young kid watching spaghetti westerns with my dad. You know, this is John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, The Good, uh, the, good the Bad, The Ugly, um, The Outlaw, Josie Wales. Um, you know, even all the way up to Unforgiven, which is a little bit more, or Tombstone, which are a little bit more modern. Um, and then it also includes sci-fi. I grew up as a Star Trek uh, nerd, you know, and much, you know, I didn't make many friends off of it, but I still, you know, I dressed up in Halloween, little <laughs> Star Trek outfits and everything. It was great. I loved it. And this, this seems to combine, like, a lot... I wouldn't say pop culture, but there's a lot of recognizable elements. You can see elements of maybe Bioshock for those who play video games or Red Dead Redemption is another good example. Um, you see maybe even um, elements of the Matrix and of, uh, you know, I, just a whole bunch of genre. It, it seems to have gathering the best of everything and what appears at and fit into this narrative this, of course, was a Michael Crichton brainchild. It was a movie back in the 70s starring Yul Brenner, uh, who I was a huge fan of back in the day just because, you know, I, my parents uh, were of that generation. Anyhow, I, I want to mention that three episodes have gone by. I've caught up. Um, that's the reason you wanted to join the show, Matt. And the show is good so far. I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I mean, your guys' take on, on the show itself? Good, Matt. You want to go? Sure. Um, what I do like about HBO and what they've been doing, especially with Westworld, it's kind of picking up, but, um, it, it allows people to, after they watch the show, kind of get really into it on the internet with searching theories, um, Googling little clues they see. I mean, with the last one, with the last one was the, the Orion belt thing. Was that? Was that the constellation that it kind of was? Right. I, I, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the wood. The... On the little turtle right. shell that he whittled. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just really getting people involved. And that's what I like about what HBO is doing. Not, and this show is very well produced. It's very well written. It's very interesting. And it could really go anywhere. That's what I really like about it. I mean, this this world could be endless. Oh, I love the cast, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jen. No, no, no. I was going to say, yeah, like it's, uh, I love the original movie. Um, you've actually watched the original movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used, yeah. Cause, um, my grandma was like a huge Yul Brynner fan. <laughs> yeah. Same with my parents. And, and I remember <laughs> watching it when I was like younger and, uh, okay. I was like, Oh, it's so cool. Like I want to go to an amusement park that has robots. And then I realized like the robots like malfunction and end up killing all the, the, the visitors in the park. And I'm like, maybe not. Um, <laughs> But they, uh, there's actually with the show. Um, I heard that there was a rumor that George R. R. Martin had an idea for like a Game of Thrones Westworld crossover, which oh, is like, yeah, like <laughs> wet dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> that I don't know was... if I'm allowed to cuss on this show. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, yeah. you are. I'm... Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. The so, holy shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> Where um no I don't I don't want you fucking saying those words man on this show I'm (laughs) fucking sorry (laughs) you're all a bunch of assholes um anyway so yeah he was he had pitched to the the show creators um 
that, you know, like that it would work. And it actually made like a ton of sense. Like his pitch was that like Westeros is really just like another section of the park. Um, so that, you know, because, hey, we're not going to put all this money into just an old West, you know, park. We want to have like a whole fandom experience, you know, kind of thing. So, um, I guess the, one of the show creators was kind of like, hey, that's a really cool idea. And George is a really cool guy, but you know, we're going to do our own thing. And then another one was like, no, because I need to believe the dragons are real, you know, and not <laughs> robots. So, um, when I read that, I was like, holy shit, like that would be, that would be like fucking phenomenal. Like if something like that could happen, but it doesn't look like it will. Um, but I'm, I'm really digging the show. I like the depth of the characters. I like the fact that you are sympathetic to a bunch of robots, you know, like, I mean, you, you like when they get shot or killed or raped or, you know, or just, brutalize in any kind of way you're like oh you know like you there's there's that empathy that it, and then you realize like oh wait it's just a robot um but that just shows how they're capable of pulling you in um to the story and to the characters and I'm, i i love sir anthony hopkins um it could literally be him just sitting on a stool staring at me for two hours and i would be like that was the best thing i've ever seen um so it's just i'm, I'm really digging it and i'm really anxious to see um there's supposed to be some big giant like plot twist surprise thing coming up in either the next episode or the week after okay um, i don't i don't watch previews so i i wasn't privy do um, do you kind of want to guess it jay or i mean you guys can i don't really care it's just in a pre- if it's in a preview i guess technically i would probably you know i don't think it's uh spoiling anything um I did. I did want. Let's hold it for now, though, because I did want to um, just say one quick thing about James Marsden, um, who is appears to be um, <laughs> the the South Park um, Ken, uh, Kenny, pretty much. But um, <laughs> I I do want to mention that James Marsden. You know, talking about the cast, and you you both on it too, Sir Anthony Hopkins, uh, Ed Harris, Ed Jeffrey Wright, um, Fanny Newton in her own regard, and of course Evan Rachel Wood, all amazing actors and actresses. Uh, just, and they really, like, chew the scenery when they're in the scene, which I love. Um, you know, just all of them. There's no weakness. I do want to mention James Marsden. I've always been a huge fan of ever since back in the day when he played uh, Cyclops in, in the X-Men movies, um, in the in the Singer X-Men movies. Uh, in that, this guy is so talented when you think about it just because I know it's kind of, it's a comic book movie. But when you think about it, this guy acts with only, he acted with only half his face visible because he was wearing... You know the the Cyclops, um, you know goggles or whatever you call them, and you know so he was acting basically with his mouth and your categories by the way with everything I just said. I know um, I'm trying to get it to shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, let, let's move on to theory. I just wanted to point that out that I've always respected Marsden as an actor just because I think he's underrated. I don't think he's been in many big movies, but he's always kind of been the side character. Uh, he plays kind of like you know I think they call it a Baxter. Which is um, kind of the guy who always uh, is is the one who the girl leaves in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let's move on to theories now. Uh, oh wait, let's do Marsden real quick, not to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, but we'll, we'll. when you said that you loved him all the way back, I thought you were going to say back to when he was with Katie Holmes and disturbing behavior. Oh yeah, I, I didn't even <laughs> catch that one. Yeah, the, my earliest memory of him was the X Men. You know, the first X Men. So oh, okay, um, well, go check out Disturbing Behavior and then tell me how you feel about him. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, um, 
I mean, there's an evolution of these people. I mean, I would have never oh, said uh, I would never said C. Tates was an amazing actor, but he he's an amazing actor. I, I love C. Tates. So Shanning Tatum, I I have a little pet name for him. So, C. Tates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's let's talk theories because this is the best part of this. You know, Matt, you talked about it. I, I to be honest, I don't think people had been doing had been this involved with the show on the internet, at least HBO wise, since. Um, true detective season one you know there's always the hype with game of thrones like what's going to happen where but uh, when it comes with clues or innuendo or metaphors and you know whatever is is being thrown at us you know this show definitely has a lot of them now the let's talk about the meta like i mean i guess the macro of the show right now i i kind of i think it's easy to see that within this world, you kind of see your obvious metaphor of um, heaven, hell. What is the definition of this? How do they perceive it? How do we perceive it? Are we seeing it in front of our eyes? I think that's a pretty easy connection to make. But when we go to the micro, you know, I I want to bring up, and I had to verify this, but there have been uh, robot characters who mention God. You know, who have talked. They're actually praying. You know, during I think it was. When Ed Harris's character, the Man in Black, um, is searching for the next level with the bandit that he captures, I believe, and in that scene where he's killing all of his cousin or his posse or whatever, you know, some people are praying as they're suffering uh, from wounds and stuff. So obviously they have a god. In in the episode three, we, you know, they gave us a, a name for that god. It's Arnold. It's hard to differentiate whether or not it's voices in their head. Uh, from Arnold, or it's it's the voices of themselves, but they think it's coming from Arnold. We we don't know the answer to that yet. But I did want to mention the fact that you know Sir Anthony Hopkins' character um, uh, Ford, Robert Ford, Doctor Ford, I should say, he's creating something. We don't know it yet. It looks like a chapel. They teased about it. And my theory, I don't know if this has been talked about yet. I I haven't seen it, but it feels like he's kind of setting up something inside the game. Uh, and I feel like it's kind of an entryway into immortality. You know, like you can somehow put yourself into that world. But then, what do you guys think about this? Like, are there people who have already uploaded themselves into this, into this world? Is is this something that you guys think as well? Like, what, what's your take on this whole religion, on creating something in the game, uh, immortality, stuff like that? Uh, you you want to take this one? Go ahead. This one? All right. Yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll, uh, this... I gotta, I gotta think on that one. That's a kind of, that's a deep question there, Jay. This well, I mean, is this is, not this is why the show's so great. I, this sorry, is not something that I really considered. Um, uh, I do remember seeing the cross at the end of the third episode. Um, the only thing that I could, I mean, kind of question is, is this what uh, Ed Harris, the man in black, is looking for when he's talking about the next level? Um, I do think that... And then it makes sense, right? Because the little girl says, this is not for you, right? Right, The the daughter of the... Right. But yeah, um, and then I also see a crossover with um, the beginnings of our society ourselves kind of... uh, as a con- maybe a control mechanism outside of them already being robots, but I mean maybe a an extra purpose for them or like a purpose of worship. But uh, I I really don't know where they're going with that. But I do. I, that's very interesting what you said. Because I mean it's no secret. Uh, I think Hopkins is old, obviously. But um, Jen, I you know if you don't want to tackle that, I would, which you can, you still can. But I wanted to put throw this out there really quick. Uh, we all know about Arnold. I mentioned him, of course. Uh, what are the chances that Arnold is the man in black? 
I, I don't know. I think it, it I mean, it could be because um, it's really not clear like what's what his purpose or what his role is at this point. And it just it just seems like he's just some guy with a shit ton of money who's just perpetually living in this, you know, in this park. Um, you know, it, it could be Anthony Hopkins. It could, you know, it, it could be a lot of stuff, but, um, I, I, I like the existential piece of all of this with like this, you know, um, spontaneous self-awareness and, um, you know, just a developing of consciousness. And, um, it really, I mean, when, if you look at any religious, um, aspect. It's kind of like, you know, then there was this <laughs> and, and, you know, and then there's this being that created this particular thing. Um, so if you're following, you know, the, the human psyche in that way, then you're looking at, um, you know, there must be some great creator. Um, could it be the man in black? Yeah. Because I, with all of us, I mean, with self-awareness and with consciousness comes the realization that I'm going to die at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in the Bible, what is it? Death, death is on a black horse, I think. And he's on a black horse and wearing black, um, and basically mm. going around and just annihilating everybody. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many, there are so many avenues to take and so many theories and so many things that if you really sat down and looked at it, um, you can, you can pinpoint it out. But, um, you know, I think with, with the self-awareness that they seem to be developing that the next logical progression would be that I die because I know they made a comment. I think that it was last week or like just, you know, this last week's episode where it was like, you know, it's, it's a good thing. These poor bastards don't know, what happens to them. Um, and as they, you know, like we're seeing um, Evan Rachel Wood's character, I think her name's Dolores or something like that. We're mm-hmm. seeing her. Dolores. Yeah. We're seeing her start to develop that self-awareness. And, you know, at the beginning of the episode, she wasn't programmed to use the gun, but then by the end of the episode, she could do it. Um, so she's developing an autonomy. And I think with that, um, they're going to start to develop that awareness of self and, um, you know, that I can die and there's, you know, how do you, how do you have a being that has this thing and it's new? Um, you know, it's sort of like, you know, man coming out of the forest primeval. It's like, you know, what's going to happen once they realize that they do die. Um, and there's more of them than, than other people. So I'm just kind of curious. To see yeah, it's that not just that, but it's also, it feels like a, a big part of their, change is the fact that it isn't not only is the fact that they feel that they're dying it's it's the means of how they're dying it seems to be the most pretty gruesome way to die just because you know they're toys in this world i'm glad you brought this up specifically because i wanted to talk to you guys about this really quick um we all know bernard um played by jeffrey wright uh you know at around episode two you could kind of see maybe like oh maybe he's a robot you know he doesn't know it he's just kind of you know, he's that's that could be a kind of weird thing. But I think by episode three, that was thrown out the window just because they spent so much time kind of going into his back history of his son, who unfortunately passed away, his his frigid relationship with either his ex-wife or separated wife or whatnot. Um, I did want to bring this aspect up, and it builds on what you said, Jen, which, which was awesome. Um, I kind of feel like 
you know, Dolores is this, tr- uh, you know, again, I guess the theme is a trigger, but I mean it differently in this case. Whereas, you know, you have uh, Dr. Ford, Anthony Hopkins, you have him representing order, right? But then you have uh, Bernard, you know, Jeffrey Wright's character. He, to me, represents chaos, right? So he, he kind of steps back and forth with this, with Dolores, but in the end, he chooses free will over control. And I feel like it's sort of representative of of these two juxtaposition thoughts, right, of the show. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're seeing kind of in the real world, you're seeing the split. And then in the robot world, you're seeing the split too. And they both could mean the end of both worlds, technically, I guess. But I, I guess there's not really a question here. But, I mean, what, what are your guys' thoughts on the relationship between Bernard and Ford? Because it seems kind of like a loose father and son relationship. They recognize each other as, as I think they're close, to be honest, just the way they interact, the way they show. But there's also that secrecy going on. There's differing views on how to treat these. You can tell Bernard cares about them on some certain level or at least wants to see how advanced they can be or how human they can grow. Um, Anthony Hopkins shows over and over that he stresses – like I think the, the one scene – and I don't mean to chew a lot of time. You guys will have the floor after this. But I, I did want to point out, like, uh, a big scene for me in episode three was when Anthony Hopkins scolded that worker for covering the robot. It, it seemed almost like he was struggling to convince himself that these were nothing more than robots because he's such a great actor. There's so much depth to this performance. But I guess if I could frame this into question, like, how do you guys see the the relationship between Dr. Ford and Bernard going? Like, is it something where you see them being enemies, like real physical enemies to each other? Or do you see them working out this kind of... Or do you see them ending up, I guess, in the same place? Like, one will convince the other of, of what they feel. There's definitely something we don't know about the relationship between uh, Bernard and Dr. Ford. I'm not told... See, you, you said at the beginning of... Um, of your spiel that uh, you were pretty much convinced go or after watching this episode that Bernard is not a robot or, you know, uh, well, I still could be, but I feel like the, the episode <laughs> fought against, felt... does this have to do with the preview or because you guys can, no, 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 about... no, nothing to do with the preview. Okay. I felt like after listening to him, after listening to Dr. Ford, talk to him and the way he talked to him, that it kind of was like, well, he's not really treating him in in a very kind way, and he's kind. It's kind of like a a one sided controlling relationship, and also with uh, I'm not totally sold on the on the dead son thing. Um, and the there was a little thing. Um, I was I listening to another podcast that brought this up, but when he was talking to his wife or uh, former former wife or baby mom or you know the the mother of his child um she's and he was said something like he feels like he wakes up and there's a moment before he real or a moment before he realized that it actually happened where it doesn't really feel real and i kind of i kind of myself clung to it like uh well that's kind of how the robots kind of wake up like because um they kind of process you know and whatnot and it talks about the robots having dreams and whatnot and it just the bernard character just doesn't make sense to me right now so i i can't really throw away any theories on him but it's definitely an interesting relationship between him and dr ford 
the dude yeah. certainly doesn't know how to wear glasses but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah we... I, I i am i am not a hundred percent sold on the fact that bernard is not a robot and i i have the sense that um, the reason that he's so close to Anthony Hopkins more so than any of the other workers there is that not only is Bernard a robot, but he was the first one that Anthony Hopkins had created. Um, so there's like a special place, which if you look at it from that perspective, it, the, the way that they interact and, and the nature of their relationship makes sense. It was um, almost threatening. Yeah, but it's like, you know, I because sometimes like, you know, Dr. Ford comes off as this caring and nurturing kind of father figure to these robots. But um, but with Bernard, it's like he goes on this back and forth. But then, you know, for him to say so coldly about like, you know, I know that you're still struggling with the death of your son. Um, And it was just like it was out of left field and it was like from nowhere And what I'm thinking, and this is just my wackadoodle theory, is that, again, Bernard isn't just a robot. He was the first one that Anthony Hopkins had, uh, Dr. Ford had created. Um, But apparently I'm thinking, too, that maybe he did some experimentation with, like, memory implantation. Mm -hmm. And the, the flashbacks that we're seeing about, you know, the sun and things like that, they're really no different than Fandy Newton's Maeve character having flashbacks for the with the whole you know native american you know scalping ah, okay um kind of thing so i mean she's having those things too um and if you look at those two things separately they make you know they, they make no sense but if you look at them side by side it's like wow they're very similar things um and she is confused by them, but I think it's because it's new to her, whereas Bernard, he was sort of made that way, and maybe it didn't work. Um, so rather than put him down or retire him, um, they decided to find another avenue for him to work, because he's taken a very interesting um, you know, sort of attention and, and interest in Dolores. And he's had oh, a lot of like one-on-one conversations with her. And I'm wondering if he is then the one, you know, Bernard may be, you know, like the God, because I'm wondering Arnold? if he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pray to Arnold, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm wondering if it's him because we're slowly now starting every time he has an interaction with, with one of these artificial beings i hate calling them robots like i feel like i have to call them artificial beings to be politically correct no that's fine um, yeah. but any, but anytime bernard has any kind of interaction with them then all of a sudden things start happening and they start having like memories or flashbacks or like little glitchy things where they realize that something is different um so i think that his role is going to expand and i wouldn't be you know i mean I'll, i'd be surprised i don't know you know, I don't know for sure, um, but that's just my theory of um, the whole purpose of Bernard and, you know, what the fuck, it makes sense for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough, especially, you know, we're, we're very early um, into the season. By, okay, so before we close the show, by the end of the season, do we see the theme park shut down? Is that what we're going for? Like, there's that's going to be the finale for you guys. The actual revolt happens. Are, are we thinking more long term? 
I don't know. I'd like to see long term. Um, I, think, I think that there's going to be. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. There's going to be some no, kind ahead. of. There's going to be some kind of cliffhanger. Right, I mean, of course. It, it, yeah. it may be the point where the artificial beings actually do finally, because they're making such a big deal. Like you can't kill a visitor. Um, it it may be the point. Like the cliffhanger may be that hey, like a visitor actually does get killed, and you know that they got to figure out. Like the next season, we'll be figuring out who who did it. Um, I hope they don't go that way because I'd rather it stay like sci-fi than be like a murder whodunit kind of thing. Um, but the, you know they're getting like really good reviews, and I'd, I'd hate to see this not get renewed for another season. I think it almost have to be just because of the star power and the producer producing and director power. You know, Abrams, Nolan. I mean, all the heavy hitters mm-hmm. are attached to it right now. But yeah, Matt, what, uh, you think that's the cliffhanger? You think something else? Um, I see throughout the season, I see an expansion, uh, from Jimmy Simpson's character, William. I think he's really going to have, uh, a hand in what is going on here. He's getting a lot of screen time. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's also a theory out there that, uh, Jimmy's character is the man in black and they're just switching back, uh, from different timetables and whatnot, switching back and forth. No, I like it too. I, uh, I haven't watched any closer since I've heard that, but I plan on it, um, seeing if I can draw any correlation myself. But there's not a lot of evidence yet. But, I mean, they haven't been in the same scene together. But I see an expansion of the world by the end of the season. I see uh, maybe the man in the hat finding the next level that he's looking for and there being a whole different plot for the next season i i don't see the part getting short shut down in the in the first season unless um this bleeds over to earth or whatever planet they're on i don't know but no i i don't see it being the end i think it's going to get renewed okay anybody um anybody have a real quick real quickly like a favorite little thing that they've noticed in the show that's really you know one of their not funnest but i guess your favorite moment so far in the series go ahead uh, I, I don't I, I there's so much going on um, that I'm still trying to like, you know, mentally Rolodex everything um, for me. If I had to pick one thing, I'm going with just the uh, the presence of Anthony Hopkins, because like I said, I mean, I just I adore that man. I have never seen him in anything that I didn't like. Um, yeah, man, Thor amazing... was, the Thors are fucking awesome. He, he's Odin for Christ's sake, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> um, but it, it's just, at this point, like you said, I'm just trying to order things. Um, it's, it's definitely got my attention and I, I tend to be someone who gets bored very, very easily. So the fact that, um, you know, we're in episode three and I'm still committed is actually a pretty good, pretty good sign on my part. Yeah, uh, definitely Anthony Hopkins for me. His speech uh, stuck out to me when he was talking to Bernard. Uh, the aggressiveness um, mixed in with empathy, and it was so layered like you guys were talking about. But what else has stuck out to me is Thandi Newton's performance as uh, Maeve Malay. Right. I think everything she's done has been incredible. Uh, it's a very layered performance. It's like every scene is emotional. Like when she flashes back, you just see it in her face. You can really buy it. Um, and when she breaks out, like the sheer terror that she sees uh, 
when she, I believe, was in season two when they were uh, cutting her up a little bit doing the surgery and she wakes up in the middle of it. I mean, that was so intense. I think she's doing a great job. Yeah, I, I would say in that vein, I really – my favorite performance so far has been um, – I don't have the actor's name in front of me, but the father, the original father of Dolores when he went crazy – uh, he I just, can. I'm on IMDb right now. I can try and yeah, look. Yeah, but he, you know, he he had that scene with Anthony Hopkins when they're analyzing what was wrong with him, why he was in that loop, and he just had that. You know, when they when they realized he was talking because he was a cannibal in a previous iteration. Of, I don't know, just his performance in that was was really kind of uh, pretty cool because he was playing multiple personalities. And on a lighter note, I you know the character we were just talking about, the white hat guy, you know, the guy in Always Sunny. In Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I I always crack up with this friend. McPoyle. The McPoyle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, always... I just wanted to drink milk so bad. Yeah. Oh, the McPoyle Ponderosa oh. wedding. I mean, I assume that right. I assume that's why milk is such an important. But I, you know, I I crack up every time. Hey, that could that could totally be a correlation. That could totally be him. That could be like a just a little writer's right. joke saying that it is him. Yeah. The man, the white hat, is the man, the black hat. Yeah, See, and actually, that's but that's interesting to me because they seem like I mean he seems like so you know like compassionate and has yeah. morals and ethics, and then like Ed Harris is going around and just like raping and annihilating. Right. So if it well, is technically, him, then... we found out that he didn't rape Evan H. Wood in episode three. He actually just took her head. He scalped her to get more of the code. So I think oh that okay right right right, right. So, oh okay um, okay that was pleasant because I don't want to know that Ed Harris is raping people you know yeah yeah <laughs> but I mean if it really is him then some bad shit had to go down in his life for him to turn um, well, to turn that way as of now I think he's kind of a narrative device in that he's kind of like the Neo in Matrix in that he's the one who's taking us the viewer into because so far everyone we've seen so far has an agenda in this world doesn't. You know they they take advantage of the world, but we're we're seeing through the eyes of a guy who actually cares, who is empathetic. Like mm-hmm. I think the viewer is, so I think it's a vehicle for that. But I, I would only say before we end the show that my favorite part is is you know the buddy he came along with. I think every scene that he's shown up in, he crotch adjusts as soon as he enters the scene. He, you know, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Right, you should try, you should watch that. I I get a kick out of it because you know he's just there to fuck. You know, so do a um, shot every time he does right. a crotch adjust. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. But anyhow, um. Thanks for well, joining. You know, well, not to interrupt you, but just one last thing. There is a website, um, discoverwestworld.com, that is set up like you could go in, um, like in, the, like you can go in the universe. Like I'm on it right now, and there's like a little Westworld host thing that pops up, but oh, like so cool. it's it's set up um, like from what is it, Delios or Delios, whatever the company that like that is in the show that are that is Mm -hmm. like running the park it's like it's set up through them so it's almost like you can like it's a real thing and you could go in and like explore and stay and and do all that kind of stuff cool so everyone check that out um yeah thanks for providing that i'm gonna definitely look into that after we actually get off the air here uh matt how can people reach you on twitter my friend you can find me at unbreakable underscore MB. Uh, my articles are usually out on Thursdays. I write the uh, streamer report. So go ahead and check that out. And Jen, we can find you on Twitter or where? At SoxFan, S-O-X-F-A-N, zero one two. All right. Join us next week when we're going to talk a little bit more Westworld on the new episode. And, of course, football 
and hopefully a little bit less politics because I'm getting depressed just thinking about it. All right. Have a good <laughs> week, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>